Hey, hey, welcome to The Daily Run. We are in Romans chapter 3. If you have just tuned in for the first time today, I would really encourage you to go back to the beginning. Go back to the beginning and uh, start there because this is all building on the previous lesson. And when I talk about lesson, I'm not so necessarily saying what I'm teaching, but um, but we're going through the, the book of Romans in context. And so we want to make sure that we understand what happened before what we're reading now. And so I would really encourage you to go back and uh, and get caught up. It might take you a couple days or weeks, but that's okay. What's the hurry? All right. So we're in Romans chapter three and Paul again is making this point uh, that he's been making. He's finishing up making the point that there are certain people that need salvation and those are, well, everybody. And the good news is uh, the gospel is the power of God to salvation for all who believe. And that's what we're talking about right now. He's talking about the Jew. What about the Jews? Um, what advantage then has the Jew or what profit of circumcision? And in verse two, he says, much in every way, chiefly because to them were committed the oracles for the sayings of God. So we talked about that last time about how the Jews had an advantage in having God's word. And then he says, again, because remember, this is a diatribe. So Paul is going back and forth between uh, answering a question and asking a question. He's almost uh, playing what some might say the devil's advocate. He's having, he, I like to say he's anticipating the questions that the reader is going to ask. So when he makes a point, he's anticipating you saying, but wait a minute, wait a minute. The Jews had the, the word of God, but they didn't follow it. So what, how's that an advantage? And so in verse three, he says, but what if some did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithful make the faithfulness of God without effect? So that's the question. Well, the fact that some people didn't believe it, does that make the faithfulness of God any less? Does that mean that God is not um, is not powerful and not effective? So now three answers. Verse four, he says, certainly not. Indeed, let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words and may overcome when you are judged. And so here's the thing. People will make accusations toward God. They will make, um, they will make judgments toward God. And there's this great line uh, back in the book of Job. And in Job 40, it's in verse eight. I'm going to flip over there. So you're going to hear my pages turning. Um, Job 40, verse 8, is one of the things that God is saying in response to Job and his friends. If you remember the book of Job, you know that uh, that there was this kind of a debate going on back and forth. And I'm still looking for the book of Job. Let's see. That would be in the Old Testament. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm on the page as I said that. Okay. So we are in the book of Job, and and this is what God says. He says, would you indeed annul my judgment? Would you condemn me that you may be justified? And so what he's, he's pointing out is this very human thing where we start to hold God to our standards, where we start to judge him according to our judgment. And so we start to make these, these draw these conclusions that God has failed or God is wrong. And everybody might agree, well, God messed up on this. God did the wrong thing. But here's the thing, even if everybody agrees and God disagrees, well, that means everybody else is wrong. 
And so, again, this is the point he's making. Let God be true, but every man a liar. Uh, that's th This is the thing. And I was thinking about this this week. I heard somebody say something that I thought was was pretty clever, and it got me thinking. And 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 this is the thing, you know, it's so presumptuous of us to think that we know better, that our plans, our ways, or our perspective is somehow superior to God's. But the Bible says, "Let God be true, and every man a liar." Because here's the thing: a lot of times people say, "Well, I don't see how God could do this. I don't see how God could do that. I don't." Well, it doesn't matter if you see it. You're not omnipotent. You don't see the big picture. You are not omniscient. You are not, um, you are not uh, omnipresent. You know, you, you're not God. And here's the crazy thing. A lot of people like to say, well, if I was God, I would have done this. Well, if I was God, I would have done that. But here's the thing. If you were God and you had all the power that God has, that you were an eternal, omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent, uh, unchanging, uh, sovereign God, and that's not all that God is. Of course, you were just, and you were holy, and you were righteous, and you were love, uh, and on and on, and you were just. Uh, here's the thing. You know what you would do if you were God? You would do exactly the same things that God does. You would do, and you would be doing exactly what God is doing if you were God. So the next time you start to think, well, if I was God, I would have done it differently. No, you wouldn't have. No, you wouldn't have. You, the only reason you would do it differently is because you are not God and you don't have his wisdom. You don't have his power. You don't have his understanding, et cetera, et cetera. You are limited and you are faulty. And that's why you would do it differently than he would. Something to think about. God bless you. Talk to you next time.